Everyone has a story. I get them to tell it. Welcome to the Aaron Bender Podcast, conversations with media personalities about their personal and professional lives and journeys. Thank you so much for your support. A little break that we took here on the Aaron Bender Podcast, a little recharge, refresh, reconnect, realignment, if you will. Thank you so much for all your support, whether you're watching on YouTube or nightly at 11 p.m. Pacific or 2 a.m. Eastern on DB&A TV at dbandatelevision.tv or streaming with the DB&A TV app on Amazon Fire, Roku, and Apple TV or listening on your favorite platform. Before we get to my conversation with Alicia Del Valle, a little about my story. I'm a widowed dad of two girls who just lost their mom, a grieving husband, a man in recovery trying to reconnect with the world with fresh eyes, faith, and perspective, a college journalism professor, a white guy in a world of injustice, a 20-year broadcast media veteran who had his dream job and then lost it. A year and a half ago, God gave me a gift, an opportunity to stop, step back, and breathe so I can learn about love, vulnerability, forgiveness, grace, self-care, patience, and understanding. Alicia Del Valle is L.A. through and through. The USC graduate has worked on radio stations in L.A., TV stations here in Southern California. She's an avid Dodgers fan, Rams, LAFC, but at the heart of it all is family. Wow. Um, thank you. I know we've known each other for years now, and I guess you would know that about me, right? Well, I've never hit it, even on air and stuff, mentioning my family, mentioning um, you know, I'm my hometown, all that stuff. Uh, I, I guess I, it is, you're right, you're correct. That is the core of my being. And even pursuing the field I did, I very much wanted to make my family proud. And a lot of decisions I made career-wise was so I could stay with my family, be in LA, even currently. Right, uh, right. I technically could be working in another market, but I don't want to leave LA. I started in LA, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> at what point in your career, because you've uh, been at uh, a few of the TV stations in town, a few of the radio stations in town, at what point were you closest perhaps to leaving LA? Because you know, it, it used to be, maybe not so much anymore because of social media and stuff, you can kind of create your own platform and create your own uh, online presence. But you know, you and me growing up in the business, it was always, you got to leave LA if you want to work in LA, but how close were you to actually leaving LA at one point? It was, I never wanted to leave. So I'm saying even when I was a young single mom in college, right out of college, I didn't take that job out of the market. Like you said, you have to leave. You know, I went to USC, the best broadcasting school in the country, um, but I didn't get a job offer right away. I did... Uh, a Spanish-speaking news station offered me a job, but my Spanish is horrible. It's terrible. <laughs> and you have to have perfect Spanish. Yes. You can't just speak Spanish. You have to have perfect Spanish. So let's just get that straight right now. Well, yeah, we've talked about, like, uh, our, our mutual friend, Beto Duran. He, yes. When he has to do a Spanish broadcast, he'll practice with tutors <laughs> and, and, and other friends in the business for, like, a week or two or more just to make sure that his Spanish is perfect for that broadcast. They will come after you. They, meaning the viewers, um, they expect their their anchors, their broadcasters, their um, 
they, to be flawless and perfect. So it's right. a lot of pressure. I've had friends who tried doing this job or that job where it was Spanish and it was LA based and they were still like, no, your Spanish is poor. Really? And she's like, but I'm from here. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean my Spanish is poor? I, I'm just talking to everybody. All my friends were, we're all right here. What's the problem? What's the problem? Now I could understand if you go to someplace like Miami or something like that with an LA Spanish accent or someplace in Texas or in New York, that's not going to fly. But Colorado. somebody from LA trying to broadcast in LA and they're like, no, no, it's really yeah. not. It's not cutting it. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm saying that because it was, it was a Spanish news station for Southern California. It was local. Yeah. And they were still like, no, your Spanish is not good enough. But she's like, that was my first language. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So, so obviously that not put it in my head, like absolutely not. Right. And I just hustled. I grinded. I, I knew I manifested it. I wanted it so bad to work for my dream station, ABC seven. That was a station. My family grew up watching. It was the only station I wanted to work for. And the fact that so many people told me you will never work on the news nor for the legacy station. And so I'm just, I, I, I spent time grinding cable shows at night, morning radio shows. Uh, I had like a spinoff at USC. I had my own show. Um, nobody got to watch it really, unless you were a student, but still like that was <laughs> doesn't the point. Matter. It doesn't matter. You're doing, you're putting in the work. What, what was the and, reasoning and behind, you, you mentioned some people are like, you'll never make it in news, let alone for the legacy station like ABC seven. What was their reasoning behind that? mostly because nobody looked like me talked like me had a last name like me it was rare it was still the you could count on one hand the number of latinos that were anchoring um and especially females and there were some in sports and weather but we had what laura diaz and lauren sanchez um yeah <laughs> you know, Rick Garcia did sports. Carlos Alvaya did sports. Right. I'm really aging myself, but this is the era. <laughs> now it's different. Now they've gotten a lot better. But my problem with news currently is that you still don't have people in positions of power, true power, like calling the shots, green lighting projects, hiring more Latinos who maybe have a better understanding of the area that they are from. And that comes from news stations doing the same thing, the same way since, you know, broadcasting started. I mean, it's really hard to change the machine and I get that, but it has to be done. And that's why young people don't watch the news, you know? So we'll see. And like you mentioned earlier, um, I did start in LA and, I am no, I'm currently not on a station and I just, I don't want to leave. I've been offered jobs out of state, but I can't, I can't go back on what I know is for me. And maybe this is the time where I take what you just mentioned. I create my own space. I create my own channel. I mean, with streaming and, and young people are leading the way. They're like, I don't need to go to broadcasting school. I don't need to do this or that. Um, they just have a message of passion. A lot of it's craziness. Like I can't do the TikTok dancing thing. Like, <laughs> I was going to ask when. <laughs> I get so embarrassed. I'm so bad at it. Why torture at people's eyes and ears? Like it's okay. <laughs> R- Rainy hasn't uh, kind of dragged you into that TikTok space yet. Oh, she's all. My daughter is such a fan of. Well, I'm a fan of TikTok. I just don't see myself learning all the dances video. and doing all the trends and everything like that. 
Yeah, but I mean, it does suck you in, right? TikTok is such a Oh, you can go down that rabbit hole so easily. And it's informative. And young people are getting their news. They're getting their current events. They're getting their history, like true history. Wink, wink. I'm not going to go after the school (laughs) system right now. Um, But they're getting knowledge that they thirst, that they don't get on traditional outlets on television. So everybody needs to kind of catch up, you know? Yeah. Because a lot of false stuff is also put out, but I, I blame Facebook mostly for that. <laughs> yeah, Facebook is is rough. Facebook is so rough in that department. Twitter to a, to a large degree as well, but Facebook yeah. leads the way in that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel it's very divisive. Nobody answers for that, and it's just it's become the news. Yeah, and it's so not the news. We talk so a lot very- about uh, with the media personalities I have on, especially, I feel like, especially journalists tend to really associate their career with their identity and vice versa. The idea that you're, you're always on, you could always be called. You know, I, I, I've worked at, uh, in newsrooms where the news director would be like, you, you need to have your phone on 24 seven. We may call you and there was some some pushback and some blowback, but by and large, that's that is the business. You you mm-hmm. could get a call at two in the morning, even though you're not scheduled until five that night. Right. Yeah. No. And even when you're on vacation, depending on your area, you could be called to work. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. No, I would have to tell them where I'm going to be on vacation, just in case a story broke in that area. Like, okay, I'm going to be in Seattle. All right. Well, there are wildfires there. Can you give us your perspective or something like that? How difficult uh, has it been since, uh, you know, the departure from Channel 4 and then a f- d- departure from Channel 7 as well? Uh, prior to that, how difficult has it been to, to separate that career from identity? Very. I love that you bring that up. I don't think a lot of people understand. Um, and it's not a woe is me thing. It's more just an explanation of mm-hmm. when you work in the news industry, at least personally speaking, and per, and everyone around me that I've worked with at two, you know, premier stations in the country, because I feel like we should explain if people don't get it, the, the number one market to work in Los Angeles is New York, yeah. but LA is number two. And I feel number one in all, because I'm a shameless homer. And, um, <laughs> yep, absolutely. Right. <laughs> and especially in radio, for example, because oh, I, yes. I, I don't feel like New York radio is as listened to as LA radio because of the commute times. And, you know, you've got more people, I think, on the subways and things like that than the, you know, than the bridge crowd. Than sitting in your car for hours just yeah. trying to get home or to school or work. Absolutely. Traffic is, it's a, it's a lifestyle here. Traffic does not discriminate. Unless you're, um, well, I don't want to call out billionaires. Unless you're a billionaire with your own chopper, you deal with traffic. <laughs> still got to get, still got to get to the uh, to the airfield or whatever. This is true. Yeah, this is true. See, so traffic does not. It's an equal opportunist, um, which is why I had a pretty decent career doing traffic. It wasn't my dream career, but to work for Channel Seven again, that was my dream. To be on the news, I wanted to have a billboard, and I wanted to work for Channel Seven. Those were my two dreams as a little girl growing up. Because I just thought if you're on a billboard, again, Aaron, the way we're always in our cars, billboards matter. Yes. They actually do, you know, you notice them. Yeah. And so um, I got the billboard when I worked for Latino 96.3. It was a morning show. It was a Spanglish reggaeton show. It was actually ahead of its time. Um, 
trying to meld the English and the Spanish because yep. there are so many of us here in Southern California and we're ignored. We're ignored entirely, but that's a whole other subject. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, I keep bouncing all over the place. Hey, we're that, that's, that's the benefit of a podcast. I don't have to worry about the clock, you know, okay, we're eight minutes in, let's wrap it up, wrap it up. No, we, we, uh, <laughs> let, let's bounce around. The identity, your identity is not yours is what I should have just started with. And they, they own my image, which I had a hard time understanding because they didn't really teach that in school. They don't, they tell you, you have to be unbiased and they tell you, you cannot show or, you know, comment. And this, see, again, when I was in, I graduated from USC in, in 99 and social media was not what it is today. Right. So we're talking, I think MySpace. that's about it. Yeah. My, MySpace <laughs> was, was, I, I think barely, taking hold. I mean, we were, I think in 99, in the nineties, we were all still on AOL hoping that our dial up yeah. phone number worked and maybe they could add a new one. Yep. You're right. You're right. And so I remember being at USC and they forced me to get an email. So that's yeah. how long ago this was. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It wasn't any, there was no social media. Um, so fast forward, um, when you get to a, a station like ABC, which is such a, again, I keep throwing that word legacy. Yep. Um, they very much let you know, like how you're supposed to look, uh, you know, they brought someone in from San Antonio, Texas to teach me how to say Los Angeles, how to say LA, because I said it like a neighborhood girl. Okay. I am a neighborhood girl. I, I was, I was a little confused <laughs> by that, but okay. Okay. Right. And San Antonio so knows how to say LA, but right, whatever. Right. Of course. Right. <laughs> right. Mm. And the boss tells, tells me like, I'll never forget this. Just because the mayor says it that way doesn't mean it's correct. Oh. And my head was like, but the mayor is also <laughs> from L.A., says L.A. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. And I got so much hate mail in the beginning of my career at ABC. Um, a lot of older viewers did not like me, did not like I was different. The way you look, the way you talk, the way, yeah, all of it. The way it. I dressed. I was very feminine, but very aware of, I was dressed professional. It wasn't nightclub dresses or anything like that. But I patterned my look, if you want to call it that, after uh, Joni from Mad Men. Did you watch Mad Men? Uh, a little bit, yes, yes. I know exactly. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Joni's the redhead. She becomes one of the partners, but she started off as an assistant. Spoiler like, alert! Come on, spoiler alert! Oh dang! Sorry. <laughs> Here we are, day. twenty years if later. You haven't watched right. it by now. <laughs> But she dressed very feminine, meaning yes. you, she accented her curves. She didn't try to hide them. And again, Aaron, we're talking about how news women to, to be able to make it in a male dominated industry kind of dress like men, right? Shoulder pads, suits, blazers to be taken seriously. Now we've come a long way, but again, this is what I, the era I got into. And it was also still a t a t at a time rather where they were like, yeah, no, you it's about ABC. It's not about you. Not too much of you. Yet I got more and more popular with my community. And I feel like that's probably why they hired me. But I was just such a like pinch me like imposter syndrome, just grateful that they gave me an opportunity that I did whatever they said, you know, cut my hair, darkened it, highlighted and everything they asked. I did uh, 16 hour days, not a problem right. because I'm so lucky to be here. So that was for almost 10 years. And then um, during that 10 years is when social media took off. I was actually really good at sharing, uh, especially on Twitter. 
and I kept my audience grew, grew, grew. And I really wanted to try my hand at sports because that was my dream job, which I was told also no way. And, um, yeah, so I, I don't want to cry about everything, but to answer your question, my image was owned and I had a mindset of, Hey, is this good for your station? Right. What if, is your station going to like this? What if, especially with posting, right? Right. Um, now luckily I'm not, I'm not like a nightclub girl or anything like that. Like there are not going to be any crazy drug stories or anything, like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love going to Dodger games, yeah, Dodger games, games, going to the beach, going to yeah. the beach. I'm a hiker. I love paddle boarding. I love roller skating. Like I love living life. And when you wake up at 2am, you really have to tone that down. Yeah. And so I kind of resisted, I'm not going to lie. But for a while, I could do both. And then when I went to the other station after that, I was seduced and stolen from seven. They did not want me to leave. It was like home. I, I miss my morning show family very much. But it was more of the same. At the same time, hey, you're now this, but we want you to post more. Well, okay, is that, am I going to be compensated for that? Like to be on it every day, all day? Well, no, because everyone does it now. Oh, okay. And I just did it because again, like I was so grateful to, right. you know, be a, a chosen one, a lucky one, right? They have to choose you to work on their station. So flash forward to 2020, the worst year of my life. And I still had the mindset. I was given opportunities to do infomercials, uh, even a voiceover gig, and they were all paying gigs. But the voiceover gig was for a, a pot industry event. Right. And pot is still. Um, There's a stigma to it there that, is a stigma. that a lot of the corporations just don't want to be associated with. Right. And so I kept d d denying these gigs like, no, 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 because I'm going to get back right back on the news. So do you see the mindset? And just until recently, I have been because there was another station here in Los Angeles that I really was so close to getting. Even my new agent was like, oh, no that you're in, it's a great fit, you belong there because a lot of my community watches this channel. Yeah. And it fell through. And so I'm now just now, and it's great timing, Aaron, that you invited me to speak with you, thank you. Because I'm just now kind of trying to divorce that mindset. I have to break up with the ex-boyfriend news. Traditional, traditional media, you're out of here. Yeah. No going back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and I and I've told myself, um, you know, that with the events of the last year and a half, but especially the last eight or nine months since the passing of my wife in November, the idea that it's got to be the perfect opportunity to right. get me out of the house, to get me, you know, I, I still teach at Cal State Northridge, but everything else I do is at the house, and if it's if. If, if you want me to leave this house, it's got to be the perfect opportunity. It's got to be. Right. Well, I can't even imagine what you've gone through, what you're still going through, because it's, it's not over. And nothing, I know people want to say, let's get back to normal, but there is, it's a new normal. It's not going to oh, yeah. be the way it was. And so I commend you for waking up every day and not giving into, it's much easier. And I'm speaking from personal experience. Yeah. to be sad or angry or bitter because I went through that breakup phase, you know, yeah. and I'm still adjusting and you're still 
figuring things out. I mean, the fact that you're like, mm, I'm going to say no to that. That's figuring things out. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Um, you and I also have something in common. Let's uh, kind of lighten it up a little bit with uh, our love for golf. Uh, now, I don't know how, how, how much you play, how often you play or played. Uh, I have I have hit the ground running. I um, I think since April I've played like fifteen or sixteen rounds, uh, maybe maybe twenty, give or take. Maybe you know maybe a couple of rounds didn't quite make it onto the app on my phone or something like that. <laughs> how did you How did you get into golf? Because that's also another space where we just we don't see people and women who look like you. Well, thank you very much for even acknowledging that. I mean, if you watched any kind of major open on television, we are completely 100% ignored, even with advertising. Yeah. But don't get me started. Okay, so... Um... <laughs> That's three things I'm not going to get you started on. I'm going to go back to this podcast. We're gonna, I'm going to make little notes. And then next time you're on, we're going to get started on all of them. <laughs> I feel like maybe uh, speaking with you is helping me figure out what I want to focus on with my podcast. I should... I should, I should. Yeah, there, there. You said uh, on on Instagram in recent days that several people have approached you, or at least suggested to you recently, that you should do some sort of podcast, do some sort of something. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, that. it was um, a vlogcast, which I didn't understand what that was, but it's a visual podcast. Yep. yep. And they want me to focus on local sports and booze. <laughs> well. Uh, while sipping yep uh, libation and that adult works. beverage that uh, works and i can interview guests i actually already have two pretty prominent people but it's it's not so here's the thing i should ask you for advice maybe we should wait till after this is over but okay sure sure i just don't know where which way to go i have all these choices and it's amazing and i'm grateful yeah. but when i do something i am all in yes. and so i need to like zero in and go all in and then I'll make that sh happen. Yeah. Yeah. But we we right will now, absolutely like, talk afterward. Yeah. Oh, today this sounds great. Oh no, but this sounds, you know, I'm like, wow. Ah. Yeah. So, but yeah. thank you. Uh, yeah. So, um, the golf channel actually, when I was leaving channel seven, the agent I had at the time who I will not name, um, <laughs> he was kind of pushing me, I guess there was an opening and they were actually looking for a female and he's like, you know, golf, you got this, but I'm like, are you, you're crazy if you think ABC7 is going to let me, they wouldn't let me do local sports. And you think they're going to <laughs> loan me out to the golf channel? Like, right. So this, that was what, five years ago. Um, yeah. So when I was young, nobody watched golf or cared. Um, my dad used to make fun of golf. My, my dad is very active. My mom and dad played tennis. My mom's a great bowler. She's been on bowling teams. My dad is like football, baseball, basketball. He was a gymnast. Um, yeah, so golf, he used to make fun of golf. And then he got sucked in. That's, he that's played, what happens. He started playing in his 30s. And then he kept trying to get me to play. And by then, I'm already like, I'm a teenager. Like, golf's boring. <laughs> Who golf? Because this is pre-Tiger Woods. It wasn't cool yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I like the movies, Caddyshack and stuff, but it was still making fun of the stereotypes of golfers, right? Yes. So I had no problem being not being in that space. <laughs> Flash forward, my daughter golfed with my dad. My little sister golfed with my dad really good. They've got a, an awesome little tender nine hole in Pico Rivera, my family's uh, home, hometown. And um, that's where I kind of was like, wow, 
this is cool. And going to golf, invited to so many golf tournaments. Yeah, I like dressing up. Of course, I love golf clothes. Of course, I do. I don't apologize for that. However, I, I'm too competitive, I guess, to suck. So I'm like, I better learn. Yeah. So then I paid attention and I love golf. I wish I could play way more often. Um, you, you said you're up to about 20. I would say only about a dozen, a dozen times. But I am going Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning yeah. to hit a bucket because I'm playing in a golf tournament on Friday. Nice. Um, but nice. I'll be at the Dodger games Tuesday and Wednesday. So I can't. We need to connect Wednesday night at the Dodger game. I am going with my guy, Big Brother Jake of the Big Brother Jake podcast. We are going to be at Astros Dodgers for Max Scherzer's first start Ooh, Wednesday night. We got to go. That's going to be so sweet. We didn't know he was going to be the starter yeah. for that night. Oh, I just, no. yeah, Jake just posted oh. on his Instagram. Hey, anybody want to go to a Dodger game? And I, I looked at the tickets and they're reasonable. So let's go. You're like, yeah. yeah, so I'll, I'll text you Wednesday night when we're there, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll hang. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Wednesday's kind of cool because it's also like a business meeting. I'm going with this writing group who likes my short story that I submitted to them, and I want to make it into a screenplay. But I submitted it to them as a young adult book. Oh, by the way, I'm writing. I'm writing like You're crazy. so Hollywood now. Wow. Look at this. Look at this. You get I'm taking a meeting at Dodger Stadium. Don't bother me. Yeah, this Don't. Did, did you know? I did not know that these things are possible or, or because I had to say no to everything for yeah. so many years. So, um, yeah, so it, it's through a friend. It's not like I submitted. I don't have a literary agent. I've never published anything, but I'm also writing um, a book about morning shows in los angeles oh that'll be good that'll be good i'm here for that i am totally <laughs> here for that i'm gonna throw a couple of names at at, at at you one at a time and you just go free form with your thoughts on these people all uh -oh. right okay oh there's no uh oh i'm not gonna throw anything at you 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 okay. won't i'm ready Hold george on. lopez <gasps> family he is or jefe he's the boss he's family i i love that man he's like my godfather you know, and he's very good to my family and I know his family and we have a group of friends that we've known each other over 20 years. Gosh, I was 10. I'm just kidding. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, George Lopez is one of the most authentic, uh, down, giving, lovable humans you'll ever meet. It's just, you know, he also comes from a not so easy life. And that's why a lot of comedians have broken hearts and yeah. Yeah. so yeah i'm here for george all day every day mank <laughs> danny trejo uh, i was gonna tell you my nickname for him machete <laughs> i'll just go with machete <laughs> again I, I feel like i'm being corny now but danny trejo is also family um yeah had i met danny like if, if i had known danny in our I would marry Danny. Danny Trejo is, they broke the mold with Danny Trejo. And again, the shit that he's gone through in his life, he should be dead or incarcerated for the rest of his life. And instead he spends his life taking care of others. He dedicated his life to helping. He's been sober for so many years and he promised God in prison, if, I, if you get me out of this, 
help me with this. I will spend the rest of my days. And he's done it. He has honored his promise for so many years. Uh, and I have amazing, great friends through him as well. In fact, I'm going to be working with Danny on something. Oh, good, so, good. Again, another opportunity. He doesn't want me to go back to news, nor does George. George told me years ago, forget news. The, you know, they, they dull your shine. And I was like, I shine? <laughs> oh, just, just want some some kind of affirmation like yes oh i shine i shine <laughs> so yeah danny trejo is is in another life i'm gonna marry danny trejo <laughs> where do you feel like you got that drive you know like you said single mom so what going to usc you've got to leave la no i don't i'm gonna stay in la where do you where did that drive come from did it come from one of your parents do you feel like there was there was uh, another family member or you know just growing up I mean, obviously it all gets thrown into the mix it gets thrown into the pot and 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 here you are but is there maybe one or two things that you can pinpoint like okay this is where i get my drive yes and you you said it it is a recipe of family and just the things that i've gone through it's a very unique time when I grew up because television became so important because music videos became so important because Mexican Americans were had the capital to say hey we can buy that car we can go on vacation I mean my dad we were the only ones on our block who went skiing we were the only ones on our block who golfed we're the only ones on our block who my dad was like we're going to the national parks and we're going to hike and camp. And I'm like, what? Like, and my dad, you know, he was one of 13 kids, a farm worker. He picked cotton, he picked peaches. My mom's side, my, my Nana, who that this, I'm at her home right now. Again, her name is Alicia. I'm named after her between her six kids, my dad's 13 kids. We are about surviving and not just surviving. We thrive, right? We say, Hey, I can do that. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to want to, I'm going to do better than that. So not going to college. I'm the first one in my family to go to college. It was, it was put on me at a very young age. You're going to go to law school. You're going to be the one you're going to, you know, be the one. And so of course I had that privilege of that privilege of making choices, which my, my relatives, my, a lot of my ancestors did not have. Right that choice. So I did not take it for granted. I worked my ass off and I want to continue working my ass off. And I want to continue to tell my story on behalf of my family. You understand, I had aunties come in from Texas to take a picture by my billboard. Remember that billboard I mentioned? Yeah. It's like a big, making my family proud is a big reason why I do anything that I do. Uh, It's not for designer purses or shoes. I'd rather buy a flight. Like I, I it is <laughs> family and travel. That is why I work my ass off. <laughs> the idea though, that um, you have been very vocal, especially in the last, I would say like six months to a year about mental health. You talk about family. We've talked about, you know, your, your community, uh, the immigrant community, especially also the idea that uh, mental health is not talked about. We just, we, we, Keep your keep your heads down. You work. You don't talk about anything. You've already mentioned a couple of times, like, "Hey, I'm not complaining about this," because that is it's 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 in a lot of our DNA. You don't complain. You just do the work, yeah. and you you know you 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 show up. You punch that clock. 
-hmm. You don't talk about mental health. You don't talk about the struggles. You don't talk about like, hey, I am not happy all the time. I know when you see me on TV every morning, I look happy. No, I just had this breakup or I've, you know, I've, I've got this medical issue or there's some family stuff going on. Nope. When that light goes on, when that red light goes on in the newsroom or in the studio, you got to be on. And that's tough for a lot of people, especially when we get out of the business, like, wait a minute, I have to really sink into my feelings now. I have to really feel what it feels like to be sad and to grieve. And, and without all that, you can't also feel joy. You can't also feel happiness if you don't also let yourself feel the other side of things. You're absolutely right. And one of the ways people deal with those feelings and you can't talk about it or work through it or go to a therapist because there's that stigma is abusing yourself, right? Whether it's overeating, drinking, smoking, prescription drugs. I mean, there are lots of ways to hurt yourself rather than, you know, get treatment or even just admit something's wrong. Right. Because like you said, I mean, my nickname on the morning show was sunshine. I, there were no day, there were no bad days. Right. And I'm because, you know, news is so dark and so heavy, you know, weather and traffic is usually supposed to be the like, okay, you're at that. Let's <laughs> take us out of that darkness. And, and I love that. Cause I am actually a pretty happy person. I, I, ha- I think I have a pretty good attitude. Notice I knocked on wood yeah, because it was, yeah past year and a half was really difficult but being able to say that out loud is is even and it's progress Aaron it was a very difficult year I was not in a good headspace uh, I did not ask for help those are things I've had to admit to myself because I've done everything myself right like yep. I don't need anybody I'm strong I'm a chicana I'm a chingona like that's what we do like no. And I, I feel like a lot of young people have really led the way to say, uh-uh, I can take a moment and take care of this space. I mean, look at all the attention Simone Biles is getting. Yeah. Like the fact that so many people are going after her for saying, I'm not, I, I can't do this. I got to do this other thing for my mental health. And the attacker shows you how there are, there's still a conversation to be had. They don't associate mental health with health. They associate if she had broken her ankle or something, then that would be okay. They'd be like, oh, poor Simone. But no, because it's something that they can't see or want to admit is important because maybe they, like myself, have not grown up with it's okay to have, you know, I, I don't want to say issues, just things that come up things we have to deal with or because they don't truly go away. I'm, I was really good at putting things in my closet, like in the back, you know, and I would hike alone or I went to boxing class and I thought I would work things out. I journal. So those are healthy habits, but there were things also that I did to hurt myself instead of dealing with working with a super toxic person and, um, a breakup or, um, you know, just whatever comes up in all of our lives. I did not have a great outlet, but I am always working on that. And it's never over, by the way. Growing to me is lifelong. Once I think I know everything, it's over for me. I'm in the ground. Like I want to continue <laughs> to grow my whole life, learn, grow, challenge, question, 
write stories. I'm a storyteller. And I have to remember that when I get down on myself, because it's very hard to be rejected by the community, the, 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 uh, the work community that I dedicated so much of my life to. And that's how I felt is, wow, I'm really not going to get that full-time job in LA, but you all know me. It's me because like, we all know each other, just like I know you and we right. know Dave and we all know one another. And so it was really hard on top of the pandemic, on top of health issues, on top of losing family members. It is it is it's a lot. And so we have to talk about mental health. We have to say it's OK to ask for help. Please ask for help. It doesn't have to be me. Doesn't There's anonymous phone numbers there's so many ways that i wish i had taken advantage of uh many years ago you know yeah the the idea also that um it, it, people listening to this it, it's important to acknowledge as we talk that you know you talked about you know you would hurt yourself mentally and 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 you know like we said overeating or whatever kind of uh, addiction you want to throw out there it's it's not as if that ever stops it's just the coping, the okay. management, the reaction. You know, my one of the most important lessons that my wife ever taught me was just last year, the idea that um, th- bad things are going to happen. You cannot prevent bad things from happening. You can only control your reaction to that and the management of your actions and reactions. And that is so important because... You know, you're going to beat yourself up. The, the 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 most successful people in the world beat themselves up in their minds, but they overcome that and they manage that and they react to it positively instead of sinking into that and helping that become their identity. Amen. You said it. I can't say anything <laughs> more perfect than what you just, because it is true. I, I was sinking. I was in disbelief and, and that's why I likened it to a relationship. Yeah. You know how uh, sometimes there are people in your life, I shouldn't speak for you. There are instances where you keep going back with a person that you know is not good for you. Oh yeah, of course. Of Hurt course. you over and over, but you're like focusing on the good times. That's all you want to remember is the, maybe those could come back. Well, I feel like I've gone through that with the local news yeah. uh, culture. I feel like it's just time. It's just time to break up and pursue all these other things that I have inside of me that have been pushed down and pressed down because I have to be, you know, Miss Sunshine in the mornings for news and and don't you dare do anything or say anything controversial or, or challenge the status quo. How dare you? Like that's done. It's, it's got to be. And, and mental health is a huge reason why I'm able to even say that out loud instead of we wouldn't have had this conversation five or ten years ago we just wouldn't have absolutely not yeah no way Mm -mm. i know i'm 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 like be very careful not to name names or yeah well because even if we were personally in a place where we could talk about this uh it was not mainstream these conversations were not mainstream no no they weren't in fact um is it Mia St. John? You know, the boxer, mm-hmm. Mia St. John. Yeah. Years ago, I interviewed her. Gosh, years ago. I think at the beginning of ABC, maybe it was Kate. Anyways, 
many moons ago. Here I have it on YouTube, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I have been trying to find all my, I have nothing. I, I'm so mad at myself. If anybody out there is pursuing their career in news and radio, please keep your stuff. Grab that stuff. Yes. Don't say I'll do it later. I don't have any of my like favorite interviews, nothing. Yeah. It's so depressing. Same. Anyway. I'm in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> really? See? Yeah. We did not see this coming, right? Like, we did everything we were supposed to do. We played by the rules. We showed up. We worked hard. And then it's like, bam. <laughs> I never prepared. And that's my fault, though. I'm saying that young people or people in this industry that are still in the industry, take care of you first. It yes. is not yes. uh, show family. It is show business. And please, if they're like, oh, it's journalism. No, it is a business. When they're selling advertising, it is showtime. Yes. Okay? I, when, when I was in Miami, we got a new program director and he asked, what business are we in? And I was like, information and infotainment. He's like, nope. We are entertainment first. People will get information from us through our entertainment, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. And that's why now they push you as a person when in the beginning it was about the station, right? Like learning about a brand when people towards the end of my news career were like, oh, your brand, your brand. And I thought that was so weird. I'm like, my brand? Yeah. I'm not Kobe Bryant. Like I don't have a shoe <laughs> or... Because to me, a brand is something that you have a team and they manufacture and, and they're like, oh, this fits your brand. You should do this. I have just been myself. For better or worse, I have been myself. I truly am the person you see on TV. And even people who hated me watched to hate me. So I'm grateful for that. It was just, yes. I did not know that my brand is LA. My brand is, I like the outdoors. I'm, I'm family oriented. Like, this is all something that I've had to learn. And that's just by hanging around with colleagues. I don't have a team. I don't have a manager. I've never, um, I just recently got an agent right before my last job with NBC. I never had one. Right. So I had to learn things the hard way. Yeah. Um, but let's go back but, to Mia St. John. You brought her up. I, 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 I yeah. cut you off. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Talked with her several yeah. years ago. <laughs> we're bouncing. We're bouncing. We're bouncing. Um, she, she was trying to push for mental health awareness. And even as I'm interviewing her and having a discussion, I was thinking, this, this is kind of weird. Yeah. Like, that's not okay. Like, the again, like my blocks in my head mm -hmm. that were like, oh, this is something you do behind closed doors, right? Like, I wasn't against therapy. I mean, in fact, I even kind of knew back then that probably needed to talk to somebody. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I don't have time. I'm a mom. I got a career. I got to take my parents to this next dead oil fight. Like I was like <laughs> on the move, you know? So long story short, I was trying to bring up that interview because she had gone through so much heartbreak, losing her child. Um, mental health was a big part of her life, whether she wanted it or not um, addressing it, I should say. And how, how long has it been since it's still like a stigma? And so I'm, I'm apologizing that I actually, sh I had the chance maybe to get deeper into that subject to, to go after like, well, how many people does it affect? And are women of color more susceptible? And, and, you know, are there different kinds of therapy? Like there's so much that we don't know. Um, and I'm talking about my community mm -hmm. that it's still, again, young people are leading the way. My daughter and younger are on their phones 
you know, asking for help on their phones. There are apps now to talk to people. I mean, it's hopefully getting better, even with the apps, you know, to learn meditation. Um, Aaron, you brought up coping. I wanted to go back to that. When my daughter was born, again, young, dumb, immature, I was like tears in my eyes. I asked her doctor and she was perfect to me, but I wanted to be a perfect mom. I said, doctor, what can I do to make her healthy, happy, successful? Three words I told him. And he goes, well, no one's really asked me that. Mm. And I was like, well, I am. And he says, you know what? Read to her and teach her how to cope. And as someone who does not have coping skills, I was like, what does that mean? So the reading part got done. I mean, I sang to her when she was in my bow. I played opera music for her. Right, right, yeah. But the coping, I did not know myself. I did not look it up. I did not research. Because again, that's not something that is easily discussed. It's not something that's encouraged. We are very much a a nation, at least a a culture. My culture is like, suck it up. Yeah. You know, at least you have a job. At least you have your health. Like that kind of thing. Instead of, wow, what's really bothering you? Are you hurt? Are you broken? What can we do? You know, it's. So again, that's 26 years ago, you know, that I was told coping skills are important and I'm all shoo, right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coping skills are, are huge. I mean, I, I honestly, I don't feel like I learned them until the last couple of years. I, yeah. I, I, I really so. didn't. And I am in such a good place now because of that, that I think back to like, you know, 30, 35, 40 years ago, like, oh God, how, how life could have been. But you know what? This was God's plan. This was yeah. God's plan. Yes. I have to tell myself too. I'm where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Because I could spend so much time being angry and bitter and sad and and plotting revenge. No, I have to <laughs> spend my energy where it's needed most. And that is on myself. Yeah. That is on, and that, that includes mental health. That includes, just like your wife said to you, bless her, bad things are going to happen. How you react is on you. Yes. And that's me. You know, I have to own up to how I got to this place. And at the same time, not beat myself up and be like, hey, what's next? Yeah. Let's work on that. Let's spend that energy on that instead of this horrible 2020 where and I had things with my foster dog, like so much heartbreak in 2020, like so many of us. Right. Yeah. I don't own, you know, the, the amount of pain that went on with people's lives in 2020. But it's okay to say, yes, I was hurt too, you know? Yep, yep. And, uh, but only going up, all the way up. (laughs) We talked about the Dodgers already. We have the Astros in town Tuesday and Wednesday. What's your take on the moves the Dodgers made, bringing Scherzer in, bringing Trey Turner in? Uh, I think the relief pitcher Duffy also in. I don't remember his first name. What do you you think of their moves (laughs) and the idea, uh, the, the possibility of a repeat this year? Okay. <laughs> so excited. And, you know, we lost that game that day and I, it was a heartbreaker and it wasn't Kenley's fault. That's a whole other story. I was excited to say the least. And I was late night. I was here at my Nana's and I was writing and I was like, I just, I have, I, I, I'm alone. I have no one to talk to. My, one of my tortoise isn't here. I don't have a dog anymore. Like, so I went online and I was like, it is a good day to be a Dodger fan. And I thanked the front office because we rag on them so often. Dodger fans are spoiled, first of all. Okay, we are spoiled. Let's admit that. 
doesn't mean we, we can't keep our expectations high, but that's what makes us Dodger fan. Yeah. Um, I say that it's like a restart. It's like a restart button because we don't know with the injuries and that this madre with Bauer and I feel like they really went in all in to win another World Series. That's what this move is. And the fact that Max wanted to come here, I think I thank Max Scherzer as well on my live IG. I was like, thank you for making us one of the teams you were willing to go to because he said no to the Yankees. He said no to this and that. He was like West Coast, baby. Uh, again, shameless Homer. And <laughs> he made it easier for this deal to happen because then those teams could focus on mo- making moves, chess pieces, instead of all of MLB. So that was a great move on his part to ha- get this done. And do you remember earlier in the day, Aaron, when the early reports were like, oh, he's going to the Padres? Oh, oh yeah. I was texting I my was friends like, like, oh, no, please. Please, I'm a please, baby Jesus. No, I went on Talladega <laughs> nights. I was like, no, but yeah, no, getting him in there. And then the addition of Trey Turner is huge as well. Let's talk about that because Corey Seager's up for re-signing with free agent Cody Bellinger, who's poor baby's been hurt. Yeah, and Cody not is a, good a at twenty all. thirty million dollar man. Yeah. And they were saying, um, Dave Asay, rather, I should give him credit, said that he doesn't think the Dodgers are going to pay that. So, hello, we have a shortstop. Of course, I don't want Corey Seager to leave. We love Corey Seager. But, I mean, it is a business, and I like the move he made. And, you know, having a six-foot-plus shortstop has been awesome and unique, but he'll go somewhere that wants to pay that. Come on, like, get your money. I'm all about getting your money. Let him go, but we got Trey Turner. And then even if Corey stays, you know, Justin Turner, oh, my favorite current Dodger, love the Turner family. Um, you know, he's getting up there. Maybe we move Trey Turner to third and give Justin Turner some nights off. I mean, there's so many things he could play outfield with the injuries that happened. It's yeah. all good. It's there were two great pickups and welcome to LA Danny Duffy. I don't want to leave you out. We're very excited. We love the veteran presence. Look how awesome Theo Albert has been for the Dodgers. Yeah. We love Albert Pujols. Another move that I was like, bravo. Yeah, yeah that, that I, I, I love the energy. I, I went awesome. to uh, a few of the Dodgers Marlins games when I went to Miami a couple of weeks ago. And what? just seeing uh, Albert there in the dugout, always just uh, pumping everybody up. He's always the first guy at home plate what? when anybody. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> and he's And he is delivering. Like yeah. he is working. It, it's not. He's not just there as a cheerleader. I, I mean, no disrespect to Theo Albert. He uh, He's also, you know, putting numbers up there. Uh, didn't he have a, an RBI last night or I, two? I, I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, he's they had a big inning, it. yeah. yeah. And again, like, that was a great move by management. I get down on analytics all the time, but they saw something in Albert Pujols that I had no idea. I did not see that coming. Did not. I'm not an insider. I'm just a fan. Yeah. I did not see that coming. I didn't see that I coming heard, either. Well, when I saw it on Twitter, I was like, Huh? <laughs> like, I don't hate Albert Pools. Like, the Angels kind of made him insignificant. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I don't. The Angels have a way him. of making every player insignificant. But, but just yeah, we okay. want yeah. <laughs> we won't talk about that. And how sad that he's the one and only Latino owner in MLB. And I'm like, dude. I know. I know. <laughs> it's so rough. It's so rough. Can we put a winning team on the field, please? I Mike Trout. Shohei Otani, yeah, and you're not even going to make playoffs. Like I just, I, I mean, don't. 
understand. Obviously, I, I love that the Angels won their world championship uh, when they oh. did. What was it, oh two or three or whatever it was? And then, um, you know, obviously, I spent most of my life hoping that the Dodgers would get back to the World Series and win it after that uh, series in '88. But my dream. The Yankees and Mets, they got to do their subway series. I need a freeway series in October. I need a freeway series in October. And that can only happen if the Angels are good. I know. And Come on. I don't get it. I don't I don't know what has to happen. Doesn't he have people around him that I don't know. See, a, a workplace culture does matter, right? Oh, oh, yes. And so even yes. though I'm putting it on Artie Moreno and I shouldn't. But he is the only Latino owner. And of course, my expectations are higher because everyone looks at us. <laughs> everyone, we're judged harder. We have to work harder. And so when we fail, they're like, mm-hmm. You know, so he's made some awesome moves. Hello, Otani. I got to interview him at spring training before he actually started the season. Yeah. And dude is a rock star and so humble. He had his own fan club following him around. All these young students in all the surrounding areas in Arizona bedazzled their jerseys for Otani. That's and I was cool. like, oh, that's cool. this is happening. Yeah, that's why the stuff that Stephen A. Smith said, like, oh. dude, dude, tone deaf. Have you been outside of your circle of, of, of Connecticut? That was lately? rough. <laughs> that was rough. I mean, I've got, I've, uh, I mentioned him earlier, uh, big brother Jake, Jake mm-hmm. Warner. He, it, you know, has known Stephen A. Smith for a long, long time. And even he was putting out on social media like, hey, I cannot, I cannot back you on this. This you is, they better. are working you too hard. Something's There's going on. Something because it was super tone deaf. Yeah. Like it was, there was nothing. I, I don't know why he thought that that statement would be okay. And, um, but, you know, he's, he's, he's apologized. Yeah. NFL so- season is about to start. Huge Rams fan. What do you think about the move to bring Matthew Stafford in? Dude, okay. I hear some people, you know, I listen to a lot of sports radio, and I, some people are like, oh, we're going back to the Super Bowl. And, like, of course, that's the dream, right? Yeah. I just, I'm more cautious. I think he's great. I think Stafford is solid. Like, numbers, um, qualifications, talent, the fact that um, – you know, Sean McVay is all in. Those are things that pump me up. But the fan in me is like, yeah, Super Bowl. But then I've just been burned so much by the Rams growing up. So I, I'm still <laughs> nursing that. And it's no one current. Currently, everything's been, again, Ram fans spoiled. I'm going to miss seeing them at the Coliseum because that's all I've known. Yeah. Um, I have not been to SoFi yet. But I just, I just feel like we have a target on our back, you know, and... I feel like sometimes that I just I just really want him to do well. I don't want to say anything negative because I want everything I put out to be positive. So I'm going to say that I'm totally pulling, cheering for Stafford. Um, I don't know the true backstory, what went down with our former quarterback, <laughs> but it sounds like it was pretty heavy duty. And yeah. I just hope that this is a great fit when the when the um, current players, his teammates come out and they're all in that that gives me hope as well so let's see let's see of course I want you know I want to go undefeated but um <laughs> but yeah I just I mean it would be a dream to go back to the Super Bowl because I took my dad to that last one that was so boring oh I know that was uh, that was one of the I worst I didn't recognize either to watch. Team. it was like, so gross it was so <laughs> bad like the twilight zone <laughs> 
I'm going to see you at the Dodger game Wednesday night, and mm -hmm. I will invite myself along with you so you can show me the ropes at my first LAFC game. I don't know when that's going to be, but I, 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 need, I want to go with somebody who knows what they're doing and who has been there before. So I, I, I'm going to uh, invite myself along to go with you one day. Well, let's make it happen because everybody and anybody, even if you think you don't like soccer, LAFC games specifically, because I've been to MLS games in three different other cities. Yeah. LAFC is superior. The experience is what I would imagine a European soccer game is like. The drums, the vibe. I love it. The players, the the stadium itself is is uh, patterned um, off their sister their sister team in Germany. Their stadium looks like it. it is just gorgeous. It's everything that we love about LA and better because they're bringing us Showtime soccer. I love so that. I love that. Have not been to LAFC. Please go and Aaron, we are going yes. for sure. Yes. That's what that schedule though, because you know the, <laughs> they do have a season. <laughs> we'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. Alicia, thank you, thank you. I knew we could make this happen. And seriously, one of the best hours of my life. Thank you. I appreciate thank it. Thank you for letting me speak. Thank you for sharing your space. Hugs to you, Aaron. Hugs. Hugs. <laughs> you can watch this episode on YouTube and DBNA TV, also IGTV. Follow the Aaron Bender podcast on your favorite platforms and link to it at AaronBender.com. That's also where you can find all my social media. If you have guest ideas or comments, email me AaronBenderMedia at gmail.com. Be well, and thanks for listening.